welcome. You're listening to the New Zealand Wine Podcast and I'm Boris Lamont. Thanks for joining us in this episode. We're speaking with winemakers in Marlborough at the top of the South Island in New Zealand and seeing how harvest was for 2020. We're speaking with James Bowskull at Framingham, Hans and Therese Herzog and Claire Allen at Huia. So let's go find out what the 2020 harvest is looking like in Marlborough. So hi James. Hey Boris, how's it going? Good, nice to meet you over Zoom. And maybe just for listeners, if you could just say where you're from and whereabouts you are, where you've been doing your harvest for the last month or so. Yeah, we're at Framingham Wines in Marlborough, uh, out in Renwick. Yeah, we take fruit from all through the YRL. So yeah, we've been just picking around, around here for the last month or so. Yep. How's it been leading up to harvest and, and, and through harvest? How's, it, how's the season been for you? One for the record books, eh? Um, apart from the COVID-19 thing, or maybe because of that, December was really wet. So I think it was about 200% of long-term average rainfall. Wow, yeah. Uh, and then basically the taps turned off. And so it meant that we just had a really long, dry summer. Mm-hmm. And it was different to 2019 in that it was relatively cool. So it meant that we retained, you know, lots of natural acidity and all these like really vibrant fruit flavors. So the fruit going into harvest was great, like really, really good. Um, And also the yields were good. So it was one of those ones that was set to make both the winemakers and the accountants happy, which doesn't happen very often. (laughs) And then then the COVID thing, you know, came in. And I think we dealt with it really, really well both mm-hmm. at Framingham and as an industry. There was that little period of panic where we went to level four and we didn't know if we were essential or not and we didn't really know what it meant for anyone. But then once we sort of got through that, we just made it work. Mm-hmm. And and because the fruit was in such great condition, it sort of gave us a, a little bit of a margin of error in terms of picking decisions and things like that. So really, really fortunate that the fruit was good. Yeah, it just, it, it was weird, but it worked. Yeah. And so did that make it a longer pick time-wise for you with having to work with the COVID restrictions? Not longer. I mean, we did compromise a couple of times. Like, so we, a couple of bigger blocks were in a normal year. We would have broken them up to try and get a broader range of flavors. But just because everyone was still quite nervous, we picked the whole block in one go. Right. Yeah. Um, so just a couple of things like that. We were lucky enough that we managed to pick pretty much when we wanted to for each block and each variety. We didn't rush anything. So vintage was about right, you know, in terms of length, really. Right. And how's it looking? So, you know, I understand it's early days, but how's it looking, the flavour profiles and things? Yeah, we went through um, all of our individual Sauvignon components yesterday and pretty stoked. There's a really great range of flavors you know so you're getting your, your sort of old school capsicums and things but then like, we're getting some really lovely ripe exotic tropical fruits and everything in the middle you know all the different green things and, and citrus which we think we get a lot of on our soils so really jazzed and we we put quite a bit to barrel this year and and that stuff's yeah awesome as, as good as i can remember from the last well, what few years at least Right. So, yeah, we're really happy with the Sauvignon. Yeah. We had a look at um, some of our Rieslings this morning. And again, yeah, great. Great natural acidity, good ripe flavors. So, yeah. pretty happy at this point. 
Yeah, nice. And so that's the two, the two varietals that you're predominantly working with? Uh, those are the two that we're looking at at the moment yeah. um, because they're sort of the ones that if we need to, we can get to bottle a little bit earlier. So say like the Gris and the Gewurz and Pinot Noir, all of, all of that sort of stuff, we can just sort of let it sit and mellow yeah. out and come around a bit. But the last time we looked at the Gewurz and the Gris, actually, they're both really cool. Quite sort of um, different for Framingham. They're just some different flavors to what we've seen over the last couple of years, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so no. pretty, pretty really excited about the Gewurz, actually. Like uh, looking at that in tank, I think that's going to be something really cool. Oh, nice. And anything you can tell sort of about the Pinot or a bit, bit too early, the Pinot Noir? The fruit was good. Mm. So, I mean, that that's a really, you know, obviously a really big part of it. Through ferment, we had a really, again, a really good range of flavour. So we had some stuff that was just super fruity, you know, like just leapt out of the glass when you're sampling it. And then other stuff that was a, a little bit more nuanced, you know, some sort of more savoury kind of things, um, which, which we really like. And then the last time we looked out a barrel, we had really good concentration. The acids were all really nice, which is something that we really keep an eye on. Yeah. So, I mean, I think for the Pinot, it will be a good year as, yeah. as well. It's yeah, just nice. the whites. Like, it's so nice after 2019 where it was a bit hot to just have all this vibrancy in the white wines yeah. from, from this year. So, I'm really, yeah. really happy about that. Oh, no, that's exciting. You can't, you can't beat a good Gewurz, can you? That'll be, uh, that's, that's <laughs> well, cool. yeah. definitely splits a crowd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so what's the, what's the timing? So the whites, when people can expect to be able to see those in the market, are they later this year? The- yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, the, the Framingham Sauvignon and, the, say, the classic Riesling would sort of have, uh, have out of a, a couple of months before Christmas, I would guess. Yeah. Like we sort of like to leave them on, on lees as long as we can, unsulfured components and things to just get a little bit more complexity. But they'll both be out before the end of the year. Gree, Gewurz, uh, middle of next year, probably, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And the Pinot Noir, another half a year or a year after that again? or Yeah, yeah. And then we'll, we'll keep some aside for our F-Series wine, which, which might sit in there an extra six months or something like that. Right. Yeah. And so if people are looking for your wine now in the reds, what are you, have you got sort of 2018? Is that the latest that you're probably, or not, not, not just yet? Man, I actually don't know. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think it'll be the 17 or the 18. Yeah, I'm yeah. not actually sure which one it is yet. People, people can go find that online easily enough. That's great. Hey, thanks, James. That sounds exciting. Certainly around some of those those whites and, and what you're getting there. Yeah, happy you're able to pick and get, get through the harvest in this unusual year. So that's good news. Yeah, it was good to talk to you, mate. Cheers, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. Cool. Cheers, Boris. I'm here speaking with Hans and Therese from Hans Herzog Wines. Welcome, Hans and Therese. Thank you, Boris. Thank you, boys. How was the year sort of leading up for you? How was coming into to summer and going through spring, summer? What did the weather give you and, and what impact did you see upon this year? So spring is always very important. And uh, spring was in Marlborough is the time where it's still unsettled. You have rain, you have sunshine. But it was really a good average spring. Enough rain, you know, to have some saturation in the soil. And no frosts for us, but that is also because we are protected by the neighboring 
uh, river. And then really not cold or wet weather. So the fruit set was very good. And that's really, you know, what we all worry about in spring, that actually we do have a really good fruit set. Mm -hmm. Summer, maybe Hans, early, early summer. We had actually an average nice crop in the food set and also flowering was very gentle too in a short time. But then end of December, we got this fog or this Hazy. haziness from Australian fire for about three weeks. Ah, yes. So it's actually more cooler days than as normal. Cooler nights as well. So not very unusual for this time of the year. Mm -hmm. And so we're behind, maybe actually behind mid-January compared to other years before. But after the fire in Australia, it was end of January, this warms up again and we had a beautiful dry summer for three months nearly with no rain. It was amazing, you know. That helps us recover the, the plants and everything. But with a really a quite heavy drought here in Maldro too. So when you don't much irrigate your vineyard, you get our berries with very small and very concentrated. So, but the harvest was amazing, you know. Would you have liked a bit more rain or was it actually good, the amount of rain uh, to sunshine? Some rain between would be great. Maybe some mid-February mid would be good, about 20, 50 mil of rain. So it brings a normal grow up again, you know, for the plants. Re re yeah. Covering and re release the dryness. But yeah, we have very stony, sandy soils, so it means it's it's amazing drainage, which is great. But if you really have a dry, then a, uh, a drought, then it is really dry. Right. And we do have an, a, an irrigation which we use uh, mainly as an emergency system. But the problem with an irrigation is that it is only a, a strip in the row. But it is not like a rain which covers the whole area and then you have much more moisture uh, in the soil. So you can't really make, uh, make up this any irrigation. So dryness, uh, that is probably uh, the, the big, biggest setback. It has been amazing, really one of the most amazing Indian summers I have ever seen in Marlborough. But it did affect, uh, obviously, the the yield of, of, of the grapes. When did you start harvest this year? We started with a Pinot Noir. It was early uh, March for our sparkling and for the normal Pinot, double Pinot. And then this Crayon is Chardonnay. They're all up to 24, 25 bricks. Very clean fruit and very tasty, but very small berries. So we have about 30% less juice in the berries in the normal year. But... The, the food was great and clean. That was more important. And because we have so many grape varieties, so we started relatively early. Because it was so dry and we could see the berries are small, we didn't want to have overripeness or, you know, too heavy wines. So we picked them probably, yeah, earlier than, than other years. And then, of course, the latest grape varieties like Montepulciano, Montepulciano but, but also Nebbiolo, yes, we picked... Mid, mid uh, April. Yeah, around the 10th. Yeah, mm. after my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter's birthday is on the 9th of April, so that's uh -huh. always when we normally, when we normally at the end of, uh, of uh, vintage break to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, and, and when did it finish for you then? When, when had you finished everything? We haven't finished yet, actually, oh. Boris. <laughs> oh. 
But we're not sure. <laughs> we have some Riesling for uh, for tritis outside. Um, so we don't know when we get that in. Uh, it's always a bit the risky business. So we, we because we do it naturally, uh, yeah. and it was just too nice. So there was no tritis setting in. Mm. And we're waiting and waiting and waiting. So maybe we get that next week. But no, the dry, I mean, the dry vines are obviously all, all in. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Okay. So quite, so quite a spread for you because how many varietals are you, have you got at the moment? <laughs> 26. 26. Oh, dying. Yeah, there's around 28 still. That's quite a bit to keep an eye on, isn't it? And, 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 yeah. and work out your timing as to, for each of them, you know, when you think is the, the prime time for, for picking. Yeah, but it has also a big advantage because it's not like we are stressed out in vintage and especially this year with the smallest team, Hans alone in the winery and only really having one and a half assistants to help picking. Plus our office team, we went out uh, picking in our bubble. But it means if you have different grape varieties and there's only a few rows of each, you know, you do everything in one morning, you do these and another morning, another grape variety. And then maybe the ones we have more, we, we work maybe a day or one and a half day, but that's all. So we can really time it. And because there was no pressure of rain or anything, it was despite having nearly, you know, the smallest team ever, it was uh, stressless. At yeah, least for yeah. us, maybe for Hans, he, of course, worked uh, the day um, uh, he took all the grapes and then in the evening he would nurture the wine, the young wine. Right. But um, it, was a, it was a good time. Generally, how do you think the vintage is? And also, is there anything that you're particularly excited about this year? You can imagine when you have such concentration in the wine, especially the red suns is, uh, is over the moon. They are extremely concentrated and they show already beautiful fruit aromas. For me, all reds actually, uh, it's, for me it was actually the red wine year. The, the weather wise, the hot summer and the warm nights, that helps like Montepulciano, Cabernet and Lagrain, all the late ripening, right, like Saparavi. Very good ripeness and very great pH and acidity. It was just beautiful, all perfect, you know. It's, I wish always we have any year like this, this autumn. <laughs> right. I was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and the whites, they are a little bit shy uh, at the moment because, you know, the whites are obviously also quite concentrated. And when a wine is more heavy and concentrated, they need also time uh, to open up. So the, they all now, through fermentation and going through the second fermentation called the malolactic fermentation. But I, I think despite that it is 30% a third less than normal, what is in the barrels is amazing. So the, the, the quantity that you just mentioned there so is probably down around 30% of, of average? Yeah. 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 But, but really good, really good quality. Really happy with that. Uh, yeah, really, really, there. really good quality. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so everything is, as I, uh, yeah, in, in yeah. Malo, uh, in barrels, in, in the Amphora. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah, it's now getting fighter. Yeah, no, nice. It sounds like you're very excited about the, about the reds. Any, anything in particular that really jumped out at you or were they, or were they all just looking fantastic? Um, 
I would say for me, Tempranillo is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's just very small quantities here, only two barrels instead of five barrels. So it's very, very concentrated. Yeah. And also like Rhein, Sapravi in our new uh, Amphora. It also looks great, very promising. And so all, all rates actually. Yeah. yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. Okay. When can people expect to see them out? Is that a, a couple of years away for the <laughs> <laughs> Boris, you should know, Hans. You need Give some passion. <laughs> He's like a chicken, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> laying the eggs. He, uh, he won't release them for a long time. Yeah. Because they are so concentrated, I yeah. think they need probably also a little bit more battle time maybe right. than, than normal. Mm-hmm. And so the reds, I don't think we will see them before three years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the amphora is anyway. That's the first time that we put the you know the oldest grape variety from Georgia in the amphora. Sorry, just just remind what is that? What is that variety? So Saparavi, Saparavi is a Georgian grape variety, really, and a a very old grape variety. And uh, so we we planted that, and it makes an amazing wine. It's already a, it's a really black grape variety and the fruit is also uh, red. So it's different to all the red wines and it has, yeah, it has naturally already a lot of concentration by the mating in such a year. Yeah. And because in Georgia, you know, they, they work with the quefri or amphoras as uh, the rest of the world calls them. And so we put that wine into a uh, amphora and that will be quite exciting to see down the track how, you know, how it will develop in these amphora again, uh, in comparison with a barrel. So that's an interesting project. Oh, yes. Yeah. Where did you source the amphora from? Are they lo- locally made? Did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, we were in Georgia and we were... Uh, we had an amazing time. So to all your listeners, go there. It is an amazing country. M- wonderful, lovely people. And yeah, they have this wine in Kvefri and we had a few wineries actually and they would have laughed to, to do a, like a joint venture. But I think the clay is a little bit different in Georgia and the Kvefri's they have, we weren't really convinced. We could talk about that for an hour. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the quality of the Kvefri's uh, didn't convince us. They were very Dif- very difficult to clean and this is also why you see uh, there's lots of natural wine coming out of uh, of Georgia and it is very fashionable at the moment mm. but unfortunately there's also many faults and that's uh, a, a big part goes to the quiveries being being really hard to clean and keeping them really hygienic uh, clean so Actually, we went uh, to Italy and bought um, Fora from uh, an Italian one from Tuscany, which is maybe 10 times the price, but it is an amazing quality and much harder clay, so not so porous, and uh, you can really uh, steam clean it. So, you know, Hans is a stickler for healthy grapes, totally clean grapes, and of course, the vessel the wine goes into, he has the same requirements. So... Because you don't want really that the wine is affected by the vessel. That should just be help maturing the wine, but it needs to be clean. So these amphora, we will see how, you know, the exchanges with with air, oxidation. But yeah, we we, we invest quite a bit, but we think this is the the best way to make an amazing sapparavi. That's exciting. It'd be great to see how that how that turns out. And how about the whites? When when are they generally available for people? Yeah, maybe 
the wines in, in a stainless steel tank like Arnais and Pinot Gris would be on the market maybe next year, early summer. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe one half, one half year. But the rest in the barrel will be all stay for 18 months in the barrel, like Safe Floor and Chardonnay. Yeah. But the rest, yeah, we see, yeah. And normally everything that goes into the barrel, uh, there are at least 18 months in, in barrel because we want the wine kind of to, to marry with the, with the barrel. And in contrary, you think as longer a wine is in the barrel, you think, oh, it must get more wood, but it's actually the other way around. Most of the wood is in a short time. And then we say yeah. it marries with the wine and it's much more balanced. Yeah. And then also when we take the wine out of the barrels, we quite like to have them in, sitting in the bottle for a year so that when you can buy it, then it's really also starting to drink really beautifully. And we want to make sure that we only release our wines when they become drinking really nice. Yes. Because we know that once a customer buys a bottle, he wants to open and drink it. So we try to do that for them and yeah. you know, keep it here. Hold it back for them. Be patient for them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So and keep it under perfect conditions, you know, in, in the winery, yeah. in the barrel hall. Really cool. So which is also, of course, when you have to store wine privately uh, unless you have a wine cellar it can be quite tricky yes to yes. keep them perfectly it, it, so what what can people be buying now are you releasing the, some of the 2017s now is that right yes whites are uh, uh, yeah so we know all whites actually are, are released yeah. Yeah. and and yes and uh, the one in stainless steel 18 uh, are also released Mm -hmm. uh, are so nice, probably. yeah. And then reds, um, no. <laughs> no, not yet. No, not yet. One is a pravi, I think. Yes, a pravi because we we had so little. We this is the only one we do a, a pre a pre release. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's still so 2016. Yeah. Yeah. 2016. Yeah. 2015. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Still waiting for 2017. Still being patient. And just yeah. finally, is it? Is it similar to any year um, twenty twenty? Is it similar to any vintage you've seen previously, or is, is it standing out as quite unique for you? Twenty twenty, maybe it's a special year. You know, we can't compare with, I guess, eighteen or sixteen or even nineteen. Mm. It's different. Quite different. Yeah, yeah. 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 And we see around all New Zealand would be a different vintage. Yes, twenty twenty. A good one, a very, very good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, good good quality is certainly one. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's fantastic. Thank you, Hans. Thank you, Therese. I really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat with us. You're very yeah. welcome. welcome. Always um, love sharing the good news. Yeah, no, it's it's great. I think everyone will be really excited to, to hear that. We look forward to catching up again shortly. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Great. Cheers. Thank you. No, thank, thank you, so you much, Boris. Boris. Hi, Claire. Hi, Boris. How are you today? I'm well. I'm well, thank you. And thanks for taking the time to come on the podcast with us. So perhaps for our listeners, if you could just tell us a little bit about where you are and who you're with. Okay. So today we're here in Marlborough in the Wairau Valley. So I'm one of the owners and managers of Huia Vineyards. And we bought the first vineyard, bought the land here in 19, end of 1990. And my husband and I, we both worked in the wine industry, uh, trained in Australia, uh, working over here in the wine industry in the early 90s uh, as winemaker, well, in the winemaking and the cellar, 
the winery cellars, learning, learning our trade. And he was at Cloudy Bay and I was at Corbin's initially. And we started to turn this rather rundown orchard that was here that we purchased at the end of 1990 into the vineyard. And in 1998, we built the winery on site. So we've, I guess we've been here for a while. And it's in the Rapara Road area of the Wairau Valley. So I guess it's it's over by the Wairau River. Uh, we're on river terraces here, a uh, mixture of shingle and silt and sand. And um, the vineyard itself is planted in, in predominantly Sauvignon Blanc with some Chardonnay, Dijon 95, we planted that in 94 and 95 and some table Pinot, Burgundy 115 and a champagne clone of Pinot 375 because we also make sparkling. Just for our listeners, we're, we're, it's early July now in 2020. So how was the 2020 year for you leading up to, I suppose, you know, going through spring and summer? What sort of year was it? Well, we've had... Um, in 2020, it's been a wonderful year. We had a reasonably dry season, not too dry, but pretty dry, and reasonably sunny, but not too hot. So it's that balance where it's, uh, it's lovely to have quite a lot of sunshine, but um, we also we don't really want it to get too hot, if possible, because um, you just get such great balance of slow fruit flavour development and really and good retention of acidity with um, with a certain amount of sunlight and you know around about sort of a hot day in summer a normal day in summer being around 24 25 degrees celsius you get the occasional spike but it's not a constant spike of 28 and yeah. some nights. Really, you know, so we, it's a, been a fabulous growing season, you know, reasonable bud burst and flowering. It wasn't a huge year, so I think there was quite a little bit of unsettled weather over flowering. So the quality, I think, across the valley is pretty high. And certainly in our blocks, yeah, beautiful fruit. The, the, and then, of course, over harvest, the, the weather was so settled we didn't have to hurry at all. It was, um, which was wonderful because with the whole influence of COVID, we were halfway through our harvest and then everything was shut down and we had to put our four interns, keep them at home and paid them 80% of their expected wages. And because we couldn't guarantee their COVID-free situation for the wineries that other you know, all in shared accommodation, so... And we felt that it was just safer for them to to be at home in that situation. And so Mike and I and our daughter Sophie, who has just finished five years at uni, and she'd come back to do a complete vintage. She'd always just done school, school holidays and university holidays worth of vintages. And this time she was back to do a complete vintage. Well, she certainly did because um, we finished off 50% of the harvest. We just made, slowed everything down. The weather was superb, so we were able to. We didn't have to pick against any wild storms coming over the Tasman. And altogether, it's, yeah, I think 2019, 2020, two fabulous vintages. But I would have to say that 2020 was possibly 
the best vintage we've ever seen in Marlborough. It's quite exceptional. Wow, that's certainly uh, that's certainly a big statement. That's exciting. Yes, yes. and yeah, fantastic that you had such a good year, and then you know, the weather was so kind with you having to pace out your pick. And yes, good that you had family <laughs> around to be involved. That uh, that worked out well. Yes, a couple of big days, a little bit of tiredness, but luckily uh, Sophia was pretty fit. She'd been at uni in Wellington, uh, and you do a lot of working there, walking there, and had also just done three weeks at Outward Bound. Uh, uh, you know, she she yeah, certainly good, good preparation. Yeah, did all the digging out yeah, of the bed and thoroughly enjoyed it. Hmm. And so you're pleased with all the varietals, or any that stand out as well that you're particularly excited about. I think it's an incredibly good year for Pinot Noir here. Really, really good across across the valley. No matter, it'll all be really good, clean, distinctive flavours. The berries are, I guess, the sort of mid-size on the smaller size of mid-size, so it's not too concentrated, and it certainly has a very Really well, good balance of pulp to skin ratio. So I think the Pinots are looking great. The Sauvignon Blancs are extraordinary. There, tasted a few from a few wineries at in, in Tank and ours, and it's a wonderful combination, especially from the central Wairau, where you get the tropical fruit. You also get a touch of that distinctive uh, marble character, and you also get a floral note and that that combination is just so delicious even you know one of the wines I've tasted is quite you know it's about a three million litre blend so seriously large but really good so and that's exciting when Marlborough does is like this because it means in all of the enormous the big volume wines as well as the as the small more artisan wines are fabulous and it does it reinforces the extraordinary Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc aspect across across the globe. Because in a way, you know, we need the big guys to be making exceptional wines in exceptional years, as well as all of us little people with more sort of hands-on and and um, smaller with more control like that. So I think it's a good year for Marlborough. Wow, no, that's that sounds very exciting. And when will this vintage be? available for people are the whites later this year and the reds maybe in another year or so well yes so we we um tend to our, our 2020 so beyonds are still in barrel and and tank and we won't be setting them up for bottling until september all of the whites really our chardonnay spends 16 months in in the winery, and for for Huia, our Pinot Noir spends three years in the winery. So, we like to, you know, the, the Pinot will spend two years in oak, one year in small oak, then the second year in large oak foo, and then as much of the third year as possible in the bottle. The wines are all unfined; they were vegan, vegetarian, as well as being certified organic. It really does help with the integration and adding that lovely complexity. And drinkability to the pinots, so it, it takes a while before it hits the market, and that, that's just something we chose to do with the pinot noirs. And we don't we don't rush the whites out; they just get so much more interesting, um, much more interesting, diverse flavours on the palate with some time with leaves. Uh, adds a creaminess to it. 
So, yes, you'll be seeing the 2020s out towards the end of the year from the white wines. The 2020 Pinot won't be out for, well, basically two and a half years. Yeah, okay. So we can we can start seeing some of the 2020s and um, that can allay some of our excitement, but we're going to have to be quite patient for the, for the Pinot. Yeah. <laughs> our expectation sounds like it's going to be a fantastic fantastic vintage can you tell at this stage um, if, if it's going to have longevity in it or is that a bit hard sort of at this early stage to know whether it has all the hallmarks of longevity yes yeah, yeah. Um, i mean we we have museum stock here and, and certain vintages have uh, the sauvignon blanc have more longevity as in do less aging than others and these these sunny vintages especially when they're not hot are magnificent looking at 2008 2011 who are so you would think that they were maybe two years old they're so bright whereas say at 2014 it's it's absolutely delicious it's at 2004 which was a colder year it it's it's interesting, but it's got more of that pea pod, slightly canned character because it's just greener fruit, as is 2012. So these sunny years, yes, you just the, the, the citrus underlay of the wine and the really low low pH and the ripe acidity seem to yeah, they seem to age. They seem to age for years. Fantastic. Oh well, that's that's great. Thanks, Claire. Thanks for giving us that quick little insight into 2020 and, and how that's going to look and yeah we're very excited to to see how they how they come out yes so we it's um looking good so far fantastic thanks Claire. pleasure we've been speaking with james bowskill at framingham hans and therese herzog and claire allen at huia about how the 2020 harvest for marlborough top of the south island is looking if you'd like to find out more about any of those wineries you can have a look at their web addresses in the description of this podcast also check out some of the other great new zealand wine podcasts and have a look at podcast.nz for other series that may be interesting to you uh, this episode was brought to you by bizzebu.com let's get your business started and we look forward to your company again very shortly thanks for joining us hey corner my Bye for now.